0: The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 5, verse 12. I want to pick up, pick up where I left off last week. Last week, I began a two-week mini-series. And it's really hard for me to do a two-week mini-series because every time that I do a series, there's so much that I want to say. So this message is going to be about two and a half hours long today because there's so much that I want to say today. And uh, man, honestly, last night I was working late into the night, cutting back, cutting back, cutting back, cutting back, trying to get this down to an hour and a half. So we're good. We're only at an hour and a half instead of two and a half hours. But we began last week a a two-week mini-series for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ to understand What's the deal with sin? Since we know that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and since we know that we have been totally forgiven of our sins, amen, are you learning that? Are you getting to understand that? That we have been totally forgiven of our sins, now that I'm righteous, which means that I'm in right standing with God, what's the deal with sin? Can I, can I do whatever I want now that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Well, let me start this morning with this statement, how we act towards sin, either I want to figure out all the things that I can do and get away with living as close to the edge of sin as possible and still be a follower of Jesus Christ, or to the other extreme, that I want to stay as far away from sin as possible. How we act towards sin is, and how we're responding to that is driven by how much we believe that God loves us and what we believe his motives are in not wanting us to sin. How we respond to that. Listen, if you don't think that God really loves you or cares about you, or if you think that God is withholding from you, we'll always see sin like the forbidden fruit and we'll be drawn to it and we'll be attracted by it. We'll always see it as that thing that's awesome and amazing, but yet God doesn't want us to do that. See, Because we think that all of our happiness, joy, and contentment can be found in having that thing or doing that activity that contradicts the word of God. See, but when we begin to understand that God loves and cares for us, let me say that again. When we begin to understand that God loves and cares for us, and according to Romans 8.32, that he has freely given us all things, it motivates, motivates us to want to obey him. Because we know that he loves us and that he is our provider and as our creator, he knows what's best for the people that he's created. He knows better what's best for you than you know what's best for you. And as a loving heavenly father, he knows what's best for his children. Now as parents, we begin to understand this. When our kids are small and they come into the kitchen and we're cooking at the stove and that top of that stove is bright, shiny red and it's so pretty. We want to teach our kids not to touch that because we know what's best for them. When they want to go out and ride their tricycle out in the road because, man, it's so much better, that wide road that you can ride your tricycle on, we know what's best for them. Our loving Heavenly Father knows what's best for you and I. So last week, we began looking at the fact that we have been reconciled or totally changed from the life of sin. That when we received Jesus, we became Righteous, meaning that when we sin, we are actually going against the nature of that we now have as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when we sin, we repent. What that means is that we change our mind about that behavior because we know that God loves us, because we know that God loves us, we know that God is watching over us and that He's taking care of us. And because we are righteous, we begin acting in alignment with who we are, the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. See it's that understanding that begins to transform us. Because we know that God is not focused on behavior modification. What God is focused on is life transformation. And life transformation takes place at the root. And the root of right believing produces the fruit of right living. Because we know that God loves us. And we know that God is for us. Now if you understand that, say amen. Now. We may not always feel like God loves us. Have you ever felt like God doesn't love you? We may not always feel that he's watching over us. But that's why Galatians 3 teaches us this and reminds us. It says, clearly, no one is justified before God by the law. In other words, we're not justified. We don't get in right standing with God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. How are righteous people to live? By faith, those of us that have opened up our hearts and lives to Jesus, received him as our Savior and Lord, we no longer live by our feelings, we live our lives by faith. I want you to know that sometimes you have to fight the good fight of faith, because your feelings, your emotions are all over the place, but we always go back to what the word of God says. Yesterday afternoon, all of a sudden I noticed I was having a little bit of a cough, it continued to get worse and worse and worse until last night my poor wife had to get up and go sleep on the couch because I was coughing all night long. Now here's what I know. The word of God says by his stripes I'm healed. What I can recognize in my physical body is my physical body is not well right now, but I have to choose. Am I going to believe what my physical body is doing or what the word of God says? Because the righteous will live how? By faith. So what I choose to believe is I could choose to declare over my life that by his stripes I'm healed. I'm here today. I got, a, I got a microphone on standby in case I start coughing so I can switch to the other microphone. But I already know that by his stripes, I've already been healed. 2,000 years ago, Jesus provided for my healing. So sometimes you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. You're going to have to fight for your marriage. You're going to have to fight for your kids. You're going to have to fight for God to be able to do everything that he wants to do in your life. So how is faith developed? Romans 10:17 So then faith comes by hearing and I mentioned this last week I think Paul meant to keep going on and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God In other words, faith is developed in you and I as we're hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Some of you are are around some people that speak contrary to the word of God. And you're hearing and hearing and hearing things that go against the word of God. So you got to spend more time hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. That's how faith is developed in your life. So as righteous people, we are to live our lives by faith. Which means we live our lives according to the word of God. Not by how we feel, not by what is being popularly taught right now. Listen, sometimes there are some people that come out that that we believe are men or women of God that speak things that are not in alignment with the Word of God. And because we we think, well, they, they know what they're talking about, we buy into it. But we gotta live our lives according to the Word of God, not by how we feel. So today I'd like to finish what I started last week because last week we learned again that we have been reconciled or totally changed from a life of sin. So what's that mean for followers of Jesus Christ when dealing with sin? Well, let's look at Romans 5.12 and discover what's the deal with sin. Romans 5.12, if you're there in your Bibles or you can see it on the screen, say amen. Amen. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, who's that one man? Adam, And death through sin, now do you see the progression here? Adam disobeyed, when Adam disobeyed, sin came, and when sin came, death came, and all men died. Look at the last part of that verse, and in this way, death came to all men because all sin. Now, I want want you to watch as we're looking at Romans 5 here, what is the fruit of sin? Now, why had all men sinned? Because we were in Adam when he sinned, and because he, he sinned, his sin affected the seed or all of mankind. Verse 13, for before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, that was before the law came, over those who did not sin by breaking a command as did Adam, who was the pattern of the one to come. In other words, death reigned whether you sinned before the law came or after the law came. Death was still on you because sin was in the earth. So it's looking kind of hopeless. Isn't it? It's kind of easy to start thinking, my God, how on earth are we going to get out of this? Verse 15. But the gift. But the gift. Now what's that gift? The gift of righteousness is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass or the sin of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? In other words... Just like when Adam sinned, we all sinned because we were in him and sin brought death. But how much more did God's grace, and the grace we're talking about, the righteousness of God, put us in right standing in him. Jesus showed up with the righteousness of God, and everyone who receives the gift of righteousness becomes righteous. Verse 16, again, the gift of God is not like the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. That means declared righteous. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more, I preached on this a lot, I love this verse, how much more... You know, God's sins down here, we always think that sin trumps the work of God, but how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? See, God has provided a way for you and I to reign in life. When we're reigning in life, our circumstances aren't. When we're reigning in life, sickness isn't. When we're reigning in life, the devil isn't. God has provided a way for you and I to reign in life. How is that? How do we do that? By behaving? No, by receiving an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Verse 18, consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. Every person that is alive today has the opportunity to receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And the only way to get a hold of this righteousness is you're going to have to believe that you have received it. You're not going to wait till you feel it. you're going to have to believe that you have received it, and then you're going to need to stand in it. Because you can believe that you've received it on Sunday morning, but not stand in it, stand on it on Tuesday morning. But in the midst of the busyness of life, are you wondering, man, am I really a follower of Jesus Christ? If I am, why do I keep saying that? Why do I keep doing this? You've got to believe that you have received it and then stand it. Stand in it. Verse 19, for just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Verse 20, The law was added so that the trespass might increase. Now watch this. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that means the more sin goes up, the more grace goes up. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now we need to understand something here. Eternal life is not talking about living forever Everybody's going to live forever, but people will tell you, you need to give your life to Christ so that you can live forever. Well, we're all going to live forever. The question is, what's going to be the address we're living in when we're living forever? Is it going to be 777 Hallelujah Square or 666 Diablo Boulevard? <laughs> now, I want you to notice what he's saying through these verses in Romans 5, because he's contrasting Adam's disobedience with Jesus' obedience. Because of Adam's disobedience, sin entered the world. And when sin entered, death entered. But through the one man, Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. And eternal life is what righteousness brings. When we reign in righteousness, we have the abundant, God-centered, eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Why is that? Because when I'm reigning, ruling, and standing in God's righteousness, I already know that I have a right to the abundant life that God has already provided for me. Where do I find that abundant life? In the word of God. I may not see it physically, but now I know that I have a right to it because I'm standing on God's promises. Promises that have been made available to me, not because of my good behavior, but because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Are you beginning to see how powerful your position in righteousness actually is? And all that is made available to you through God's righteousness? Because there might be some of you here this morning that you want to know, okay, if I'm righteous, then what's the deal with sin? Does sin really matter? Some might be saying, now that I'm the righteousness of God, it seems like I can do whatever I want. I'm righteous, so if I miss the mark, I'm still the righteousness of God, so does my sin really matter? After all, Paul closes off this chapter by saying this, that where sin increase... Grace increased all the more. So should I go on sinning so that grace might increase? Next chapter, next verse, Romans 6, 1. What then shall we say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? I think it's a great question for those of us that are discovering God's grace. Because there are probably many of you that as you're learning about God's righteousness, you're wondering, does that mean that I can do something wrong and still be in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Yes, it does. I know some of you that just totally tweaked your theology. But even when you sin as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're still standing in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But listen, but that sin is a seed that has a harvest. There are all kinds of negative and horrible things that happen because of sin. I've watched sin destroy families. I've watched sin destroy people's health. I've watched sin create horrible emotional problems and issues in people's lives. So God will be forgiving and merciful towards our wrong behavior. But there are still negative consequences for sin. And God's attitude is, look, I'm not telling you not to sin because I can't take care of it. I've already taken care of it. But sin creates problems, it creates roadblocks to all the things that I want flowing in your life. I love you, I want what's best for you, but as long as you want to live your life contrary to my ways, horrible things are going to happen. See, just like a man shouldn't go messing around with dynamite. Why? Because it it could explode and horrible things would happen. God is saying, "Listen, listen, don't play around with sin. Don't see how close to the edge you can walk and still be a follower of Jesus Christ. Get as far away from sin as possible because it can really cause some serious problems in your life. And I love you and I've forgiven you. And if you come back a thousand times, I'll want you to know that I've already forgiven you. But you still need to be careful because playing around with sin is putting yourself in a position for bad things to happen to you, to your family, and in all areas and arenas of your life. So Paul asked the question, what then shall we say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Since we're standing in the righteousness of God, shall we just keep on sinning even while we're standing in the righteousness of God? Verse two, by no means. It means nada. It means uh uh-uh. It means don't do it. We died to sin. It means that we've been reconciled. We've been totally changed. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of All of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now, what's the new life that God has for us? It's the abundant life, it's the victorious, overcoming life, not the defeated life that sin brings. Now, the last part of this chapter, it talks about being slaves to righteousness because in righteousness, you now have a license to practice righteousness. See, some people think that if you talk too much about God's grace, you're going to give people a license to sin. There are a lot of people out there writing stuff today talking about hyper grace. Listen, grace is already hyper. Grace is already on steroids. Grace is already so stinking amazing in our lives. And they'll think that if you talk too much about grace, it'll give people a license to sin. But when you really understand God's grace, it doesn't give you a license to sin. It gives you a license to practice righteousness. When you understand how good God is, even in the midst of your failure, you want to stand back up and go, God, thank you for loving me, even though I said that, thought that, or did that. So God is saying you don't have to practice sin anymore because your license has been changed from sin to righteousness. Because God is wanting you to have the abundant life that he has for you, and he doesn't want you stopping up things that would cause the abundant life to not be able to flow into your life. Verse 15, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Whether you are a slave to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. See, sin will take you where you don't want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. So you have to ask yourself the question, who am I obeying today? What my flesh wants me to do or where the Holy Spirit is leading me to? Because if we aren't willing to be obedient to the word of God, it's an indictment about who is our master. Verse 20. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things, talking about sinful behavior, result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Listen, God is concerned about our behavior, and that's why he's talking about sin here, because he's concerned about the harvest that comes out of our behavior. That's why the next verse says this, for the wages of sin is what? What's the payment for sin? Death. But, praise God for the but that's right there, amen? But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, are you beginning to see how much God loves you? And that your sin is something that he can't take care of because it's already been taken care of. But it sure can be a problem to us. It can cause death in relationships. It can cause death in our health. It can cause death to dreams, death to vision, death to the abundant life that God has for us. And that's why he's calling us as a people who are in right standing with him. Those of us that are righteous to live our lives by faith or according to his word. How do we do that? We talk his word. We act upon his word. And when we mess up, not if, but when, stand back up and say, that's not who I am. I want to repent of that bad thought. I want to repent of that bad behavior and live my life according to the word of God. See, God wants us to become established in righteousness so that we can walk in the abundant life that he has for us now and the eternal life that he's created for us. So as we live the life of faith, he's teaching us to remain in Christ, Keep abiding in the righteousness that you have in Christ Jesus. Keep living your life according to the Word of God. So, He wants us to know that we are no longer in bondage to sin. You're no longer in bondage. Listen, I know some of you have some things that you kind of still struggle with. You're not in bondage to that thing. You're only doing that thing because you're allowing a desire to come in and, and following after that desire. But you're not in bondage to sin anymore. That's not who you are anymore. It's not our master. We've been reconciled. We have been totally changed from the life of sin. And that's why he says, don't sin. Don't violate the word of God because you're going to create an attack on your righteousness. Every time you're sin, you're going to feel condemnation. The enemy is going to come in and start condemning you. You're going to feel inadequate. You're going to feel unworthy. You're going to feel guilty. And that's not what God has for you. So the power of your life, the power to live the life that God's called you, you to is to live by faith. You standing in your righteousness in Christ and allow his finished work to bless you. See, why would we want to create problems that are going to stop up the power of righteousness from working in our lives? Why would we want to put ourselves in a position that keep tangible results of God's goodness from flowing in our lives? So here's what we need to do. Next time you're tempted to do wrong, next time you want to say that thing, she deserves it right The next time you want to say that thing, you want to do that thing, you need to remind yourself, you are no longer a slave to sin, but you are a slave to righteousness. I want to pray over you. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.